0: This is Courtney. I play McKenna Ali, your favorite Loxodon. Well, let's be honest, your favorite character. I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure. Starlight has taken a lot of love from all four of us, and from the bottom of our hearts, we are so thankful. Every review, every subscribe, every Patreon subscriber, or in any way that you give back to Starlight means the world to us. And in case you didn't know, Each reading or review helps reveal our podcast for those finding new podcasts and adventures to go on. I truly hope you enjoy the venture ahead. Until next time, see you later, spacers.
1: Hey, yo. Isaac, your GM and host here. I'm going to butt in real quick. As you know, every fourth Tuesday is a break from the action. Why, you ask? Well, I'm glad you do ask, and I'm glad I can answer. Not only does it provide a one-week break for the hard crew of Starlight, but it allows me as a GM to share the lore, Q&As, or in the case of today, the stories happening within my head that affect the broader narrative. So, consider this a sneak peek into my wacky mind, and you might find out and start to pick up clues of what's going to happen in the future. Now normally, this is only available for our Patreon subscribers, but we wanted to share this with you, so Every once in a while, we are going to share this um, onto all of our channels. But if you want regular access, consider supporting us over at our Starlight Patreon, where for $1 a month, you can receive access to exclusive articles, episodes, early releases, and other really cool things, depending on your tier. Even including my personal favorite, voting. That's right, voting and changing the actual story to how you want it to be. Some of the tiers come with quarterly gifts straight from the Starlight crew, curated just for you. So, as you know, we are proudly growth-oriented, and supporting us monetarily allows us to get better equipment and further the show. Alrighty. Without further ado, we really hope you enjoy the show. Having just pulled up to the port of Korintir, the great city on Varashtha. You exit the Armada Dragon on which you have been flying privately. You own the private military, and which now ferries you around. Getting to the places you've gotten has not been easy. It's not been something that's always been palatable but you've done it the same way your forefathers have for you quarantine is a beautiful city it is built into the wastelands of Vashta. Vashta itself was once a teeming beautiful planet a land that was fertile until multiple industrial revolutions came and went, came and went, wars, and slowly the land itself was eroded away to nothing more than a brackish, abysmal swamp of what it once was. Quarantier stands, a glistening jewel amidst the muck. Beautiful, but mostly because of the way that it plays against all of the despair that the planet almost seems to be calling out with. There's something comforting about Quarantir. As you get off of the dragon, there are dozens and dozens of people there who await you, to ferry you, to take pictures, bots, people, where you travel. It is a big deal. Quarantir glistens as a city. It is a metropolis. People come here because this this city is where power is won. This city is where technological advances happen. And why not? It is a place that has withstood when everyone else said to pack up and leave it. The people here, they've known hardship and they always overcome. Now, as you are taking your speeder, having been ushered You find yourself heading towards the center spire, which is a central tower amongst a cluster of four other towers that are triangular in shape. The central spire rises over two and a half times taller. This skyscraper where the top is flat, almost saucer like, where only the richest or most important or wealthiest ever set foot in. A man greets you at the doors to enter the central spire. He's white gloved. He is a tiefling as expected, as the serving class always should be. His teeth are sharp and like tieflings, you never know how they'll show up. He has dark gray hair, a slight purplish tint to his skin and the barely protruding tail that signifies the splicing that this man underwent. He bows low. Oh, ma'am.
0: It's sir to you. My name is Dallin Shilon.
1: He looks up. And now as you kind of remove the cap, his brow kind of starts to sweat. And he pulls out a card real quick, reads it, and then rebows again. And he, I'm... my apologies, Mr. Sheelan. I was expecting the Countess as well. Uh, I can see that I was confused. <laughs> uh, silly me, us tieflings always making mistakes.
0: I'm sure you're making progress.
1: Uh, it is something that we we work on yes. Now if I might help you I am Butler Rodriguez. Where is your appointment? Top floor right right away of course right away. I see here. yes yes and he kind of straightens up out of his bow his tail kind of curling lazily. He walks to the door the tail kind of opens the door for him and for you. Uh, And you walk into a marbled interior, all of the walls are made of glass and areas that require privacy, the glass is uh, clouded and it's a beautiful cloud. The cloud, it's not just like shaded, it's like literally like someone poured a cloud within and it's swirling with colors. There's receptions ringing, there's uh, the busyness of the lobby and of course the refinery. As you look around, what do you see?
0: There are beautiful chandeliers coming down from the ceiling. There's the most well-dressed people. The china that's used is, is impeccable. The art on the wall is stunning. There's there's portraits of the most well-established people in history from here. There, there's beautiful bases of flowers all around. It's just an incredible scene of wealth and prestige, and and just the finest of the fine things.
1: Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad that you noticed. Yes, I've been working on procuring and making sure that the arrangements, the floral, the art, everything is to the tastes of our guests. He takes you now to a lift. Just like all of the accents, the doors are gilded in gold and other various gems from across the universe. Presses a button, the door opens with a shing. They keep kind of the old, old-timey bell ring. There's a little, like, an antiquated grace to it. And inside, you see that there is a small almost trash can sized bot the top of its like lid starts to shift open as it says welcome what would you fancy
0: what do you have
1: scotch gin a dark and stormy perhaps something a little more bold
0: i'll take a dark and stormy
1: Right away, ma'am. The butler- Sir,
0: it's Dallin Sheelon.
1: Right away, ma'am. The butler looks at it and he goes, sorry, you don't understand the programming of non-intelligent AI. I will ensure this is addressed.
0: <clears throat> Please, ma'am. <clears throat> Sir, the name is Dalin Shelon Don't forget it.
1: Yes, sir.
0: I do recognize the dwarf. The beards can be confusing because they come on both males and females. But I have the voice. The voice is a masculine voice. (laughs) The eyes are masculine eyes. The beard, it's extra big.
1: And he goes... This is
0: the beard of a
1: man. He goes white and just kind of plumps his fingers together it's uh, i'm so sorry sir <coughs> i pride myself on understanding the different cultural heritage backgrounds of the proud people of the dwarves and it just, uh, it's it's so confusing sometimes the, the beard style from
0: uh, do remember
1: it, yes sir he steps in presses a button and says you will find, uh, that you will momentarily be at the top, sir.
0: Thank you, and sir.
1: The doors start to close with a... And you hear the bot next to you, the sound of, like, ice shaking within the innards of the bot itself. And the lid is still kind of, like, mixing and turning. And then as it flips, you have, like, a, in a capsule, a dark and stormy... Uh, very richly done, in a, uh, th- a covered top that's chaliced in crystals. Everything that somebody, a finery, could ever want. The lift begins to rise with a hum, and as it's rising, you have a clear glass view of all of here. The sun is just beginning to rise, and as it rises, it glints across the city just sparkling incandescent colors. Corintier itself, because of the drab land, paints its buildings in either shimmering colors or shimmering steels, creating this explosion of, of verdant um, hues and palettes that are, it's almost crazy to the eye, as well as pleasing in its chaos.
0: I will never get over the exquisite beauty of such a city.
1: And as you say that, there is a sound coming from your Neuralink that only you can hear, and it is a phone request.
0: Answer. Answer. Answer.
1: <coughs> Mr. Shilan, are you there?
0: Yes. <clears throat> Who is this?
1: You still haven't saved my number, huh?
0: No. I don't save many numbers. Besides the most recent miss.
1: You know, I got you where you are. And if you just remembered to say thank you every once in a while, it's not too much to ask. It's Quentin.
0: Thank you, Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. For everything. Seriously. You've played an important role in my life.
1: I liked you better when you didn't know where you were going or the direction, but whatever. Your success is my success. So you're heading to this meeting with this politician, hmm? I got your, I got the message from your, uh, from your aides covering this.
0: Yes, I should be there in about two minutes, so speak quickly.
1: Well, okay, I did the digging that you wanted me to. Thank you. This, uh... Brayless Turnby... <clears throat> he does have a lot of money. Yeah. He has a lot of influence. Yes. And he appeared out of nowhere. Seriously. You try to go back far enough into the records, he comes from no planet. He... has no noble lineage. He shouldn't be able to be on the council or even run to be high up and influence things going on in the election. I don't know where he's from. That's what I'm saying. And when you don't know where someone's from, you be careful,
0: okay? Do you know where I'm from? No, nobody knows where I'm from. So we cannot judge someone by the lack of their history.
1: yeah, I got it, boss. Just saying.
0: I I will take note of it.
1: And as you say that, there is the ring at the door as the uh, elevator opens. And at that moment, you cut off Quentin mid-sentence as he's talking and just... And you are met with a beautiful feast for the eyes. It is a wonderful top level penthouse view panoramic of all of the city. As you step out of the elevator, there is an entire, like it's a meeting room is what it is, but it's furnished to feel like a home. There are two fireplaces within sight. There are individual bartenders working on the side. There is a, uh, partially walled, um, parlor room. There are plenty of tieflings going around doing basic work and as you enter there is in the center of the room two chairs, both rich and made in the way of old-fashioned of thick upholstery and they sit in front of the primary fireplace which is at the center of the room and can be accessed from all, all sides. The chair's back is towards you. And a tiefling, green-skinned, ram-horned goat uh, feet, leans over and whispers to this person. You can't see anything of them, you just see thin hand kind of wave them. The goat uh, tiefling starts walking over, just clattering with its hooves. Sir, you're here for your meeting.
0: If this is mixed up again, there's going to be some serious problems. Look at the size of this beard.
1: And when and you, I'm ready. When you say that, you notice that his eyes are mini multi-layered like a fly's and that he probably doesn't have the best of sight. He starts to lead you over to the chair and says, yeah. Mr. Turnby. Mr. Shalin is here to see you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Bring him around. And you are led around to the other chair, where you see a sunken man. He's not old, as his voice would seem there is a collar over his throat where you can see it's withered. It almost looks like the cords were hit in some sort of like fire or attack. And you also see legs that are covered in blankets. And you realize that even though the chair looks like it's an old fashioned chair, his chair hovers just so slightly above the ground. The chair he motions for you to sit is right across from him. As you look, at the first time in person at Brayless Turn B you see a man with a young face, someone who's much too young to have probably deserved to go through whatever tragedy he's gone through. You see cunning eyes. They are the kind of eyes that a wolf has. And you see he's dressed immaculately in a suit. The tie is clipped ever so lightly with a gold bar. Will you please make an insight roll with your wisdom?
0: Twenty-three.
1: You see immediately that he carries a lot of um, interesting patterns. You being a scholar yourself to some degree, once you earn that financial freedom and begin to explore, notice that there are across his tie, and other personal effects, a very Loxodonian uh, in culture patterns. The man straightens as best he can, looks at you, and what does he see?
0: A dwarf, about four feet tall. Tall for dwarf standards. A beard, about... That's- three-and-a-half feet long that's bushy. Uh, beady eyes. Very small but very intense. Long hair pulled back into a bun. Yes. Mr. Shailen,
1: I've waited quite some time to make your acquaintance into have a shot at your ear. As you know, I am running for head of the House of the Hand. And with the reveries coming up, to make matters short, I am looking for whatever advantage that I can get. Now don't think of me as Some mere politician, who is asking for your money or your support, you can give those if you want. But knowing your position in the galaxy, and what you've done and accomplished, I would gladly take your advice when it comes to talking to people, understanding their plights, and making a difference.
0: Oh, yes, I'm very good among those things. How can I help? Well,
1: first things first, Mr. Schillen. I would like to know how you feel about the current state of affairs. When you look at the past five years, we've been at war nonstop with four different planets... We've, for no reason other than to keep our boys busy, sent them to put down insurgencies in at least eight systems. That's twelve conflicts, if you're counting. The ETH have made people disappear. They've accrued more power due to their maneuverings. But I even wonder how much power the Triumvirate have over them at this point. There's rumblings... There's change is awaited, as it always is. But people are becoming wise to the fact that the same patterns, that the same repetitions of history come around no matter who's voted in. I would know. What is it that you want in a new world?
0: Well, Mr. Burnaby. Turnaby. Well, Mr. Turnaby. It's a very unfortunate last name. Um, What is it that I want in a future world? Future political system?
1: You see, I ask because I know some of your story of where you came from. You do not. I know what I've read in the tablets. I've read that you've come from. Modest beginnings and worked your way to the future we all want and I feel Unlike those who were spoon-fed everything In this establishment, you might have perspective as to what the ordinary person wants
0: Yes, I do stay closely connected to my roots. I I would venture to say that the the lay person wants nothing but a normal life. A life to come home to their brothers and sisters, their husbands and wives. And yet now we live in a world where they have to work. Work 50, 60, 70 hours a week and and come home to a bed with a spouse already asleep. I'd venture to say that people want time. People want space to be and How you can give that to them, I do not know. But time is what I would venture to say people would like.
1: And is time what you want?
0: Oh, yes, more than anything. Tell me why. Time... Time would give me the ability to pause. The ability to just enjoy life and and not worry about... The company, or or the science behind how to get the power from the sun, or or anything like that, but just time to to be and to connect with those who matter.
1: Wonderful sentiments. If I could still cry, I would. When the fire hit, my tear ducts were destroyed, same with my vocal cords and my legs. If I could go and have time I would tell my newly married wife one last time that I loved her. I would tell my father and my mother who were in our mother-in-law house how much I valued them and I would go for one last walk. And watch the sunset on my own two feet. But that's not the future for me. As you know, I've risen through the ranks. As you know, the people have seen where I've come from, much like you. They've supported me in my endeavor. Not all of them, some people are afraid of change. But there are many who want more time than love. Something about my life resonates with them. Mr. Shielin, what you are doing with stars and the power that they have to bring light to worlds that would no otherwise have any light, which you have done to create freedom in time for those would have otherwise suffered because of your exploits in the industry of energy is something I admire and why you are on my list of those who I've invited to talk with. You, see, I believe in what you're doing. And judging by your answer, you believe in the message that I go on. If I win and my vote and my power is able to be used, it will be used for time, time regained, time that families can have together, time made by a just system. Mr. Sheelan, your advice is gift enough, and yet I ask one last favor. We see eye to eye, even though I cannot stand. Would you support me in my bid to speak the House of the Hand, would you throw your voice and your money behind my campaign for time for all of the lost families out there?
0: Now, Mr. Turnaby, it is a great sentiment that you would say that you would give me time, but how? How can you as a man and your state, no offense, Give me a man in, in my state, as I stroke my beard, time. I would, I would like to say yes, I will, I will give you my vote, but, but how? Tell me why I should stand behind you and support you.
1: Well, I... There's no insult taken. I understand that I do not look like much, especially to a culture who puts much stock on such things if you would follow me and be so kind. And he pushes a small handle and the chair starts to kind of turn and float and move to, um, a way further corner of the, uh, room. You find yourself overlooking more of like the middle income, lower income area, of here, That actually, surprisingly, is the most colorful, if not like, it's not shiny, but it's the most colorful part of the city. The camera kind of like pans to that and then it defocuses a little bit. And you guys see that you're, you can see yourselves in the reflection of the window. And he calls out a command system. Show Project Alpha. There is some beeping, and uh, the window cloud becomes cloudy, and you see that it becomes the actual screen on which you're looking. Now you can no longer see the city on the other side. This window becomes an entire screen. Uh, nobody seems to stop what they're doing. They all, like, this is normal. In it, you see... A laboratory. And in the laboratory, you see as the camera of the bot, the drone to which it is probably attached to this, flies past various tubings. In the tubings, you see carbon copies of Mr. Turnby. As you can see, I have my own projects. Before the accident, I was a scientist, I was a man of philosophy, there are many things to me before now, and they've all led me to this place where I realize what I can do for others. These bodies that you see, they're all practice. They've been grown from stem cells and cultures of my own DNA. And what we found, what I found, is it is possible to move your consciousness into that of another being. Mr. Schillen, please take a look. The drone motor starts to whirr and you can see now as it flies to a darker corner of this room that it's looking at through the viewfinder. And you see what is a steel coffin and in the coffin there's like a triangular like window hatch and you see the burnt remains of a man you can't make him out Brayless that is me that is me and yet I am me I was a part of a group called the Shrine Cross and we looked into The ability to move consciousness to new bodies and what we found at the destruction of our own facility that the only thing strong enough to provide this time to those who would have their time taken too early, to those who want to be around for their grandkids, for those who want to live and not be afraid of what comes next is a power equal to that of the sun with your help we can do what no one else has done before we can provide time in a tangible way to the people we can take death out of the
0: equation well mr turnby I see how the prospect of taking death out of the equation could be attractive to many. And as much as I want more time as anyone else, I do not think escaping death is is a proper solution. Death is necessary. Death is how you create newness and how the world becomes Better. The old must die and the new must be reborn and... I don't know that we're meant to... not die. I just... want a few more hours in the day. Maybe a little less work. But escaping death... that is something I cannot stand behind.
1: But not everyone would take it. It's the beauty of choice.
0: But it's... The few who do that scare me.
1: Do I scare you?
0: Your project certainly does. So you do, you do not have my vote.
1: I respect that, and I respect you.
0: Thank you, Mister Turnby. Your not. work, your work is impressive. What you've done is is gr- interesting. But I, I. Cannot stand behind the ethics of what you're doing. Hmm.
1: Well, that is too bad. Please, I have other meetings to attend to. And he turns the chair, and as he he's about a quarter turn away, he stops and says, "You're welcome to enjoy yourself. Not many people get to see this view." I do hope you'll change your mind and cast your vote for me. I uh, I find it interesting you speak of ethics. I mean to give people the chance to choose to make their lives better if they want, if they want to not die early. And yet, you sell your products as well to XCOM. Who, as you are well aware, have no compunction against taking the power of the sun and turning it into quite the laser.
0: And that is something I will have to deal with on my dying day.
1: Hmm. Yes. You and everyone else who dies from it. And the chair just starts to whir as it moves away
0: and I will leave.
1: And as you leave, the uh, goat-footed tiefling walks over, presses the button, and hands you a drink. He says, sir, I do hope you enjoyed your stay, and hands it to you. Thank you. As he hands it to you, there's a moment where he steps forward and the eyes kind of blink over like the fly-like eye and he almost trips and as he falls, he just kind of like gets caught by you. I need you to make an insight check. Uh, 18.
0: Okay.
1: You help him up. He looks extremely embarrassed. I'm so so sorry sir. He kind of bows in a, a hasty rush and quickly presses the button and waves you off as you take the lift back down. Voice rings in again. And Quentin says, Hey, so how'd it go?
0: Not good. Not good. I cannot stand behind that man and give him our vote.
1: Yeah, I told you. People who don't have histories. People to watch out for.
0: He has a history. Mm -hmm. It's just not one that I can stand behind. But thank you for the information, Quentin. You do good work.
1: Thank you, Mr. Sheehan. We always do the best we can. And as the elevator kind of opens up, the scene kind of starts to go dark as Mr. Shailen makes his way back to his armada Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, Spacers.